Yeah, that's a, a bummer of news to begin the morning. Yeah. Uh, if you've not heard, uh, Toby Keith, who has been battling stomach cancer, diehard Oklahoma fan, the pride of Moore, Oklahoma, right there in Oklahoma City, uh, passed away late last night at the age of uh, 62. Uh, and I mean a diehard OU fan and a great guy. I don't know if you ever got a chance to interview him. No. Uh, we I met him at an Oklahoma-Nebraska game, but interviewed him. Man, he that was a cool dude. That was a really, really cool dude that loved him some Sooners. Been to his bar at least two or three times down, downtown Oklahoma City yeah, as well. Yeah, to see but. him and Jim Ross together at an Oklahoma football game? Man. <laughs> you know who uh, Toby Keith like really, really liked? Like was a huge fan of outside of the Switzers and the the Stoops and the kind of Lincoln Riley and Brent Venables, he loved Bo. I could see that. And I, Bo's, I've heard Bo's that. Every time in Norman, uh, him and Toby Keith uh, like developed a nice little relationship. Yeah, that does. That's not. Yeah. That's not shocking. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, yeah, a little bummer uh, news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toby Keith passing away at the age of uh, sixty-two late last night due to uh, stomach cancer. I was just in Tulsa a couple of weeks ago. And they had a big, and I mean, they, they blew out the A block. They were doing an interview with uh, Toby Keith. Mm. And uh, he had lost, if you've seen him, yeah. he had lost a ton of weight. Yeah, uh, But he loved himself some Sooners, man. Remember uh, the video most recently after uh, Oklahoma uh, softball won the national championship? Yep. Yep. He was partying with all the uh, Oklahoma players? Yeah. Oh. And, yeah, I was uh, seeing a concert um I think it was his. I think it was his first appearance since he went through pretty intense chemo with the uh, stomach cancer. And yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't need to tell you guys that. I don't need to tell you, Gary. I mean, you know, cancer is is absolutely hell. And I mean, just what it had done to his body. And I mean, just trying to hear him sing, even to a fraction of the the energy and the volume that he could get to. I mean, gosh, the fact that he was out there trying, and I know everybody appreciated that and was, was singing every song along with him, but it was, it was tough to watch. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a tough day, not just even for the country music uh, world, but also just for, for music, the music world, and entertainment world in general. Yeah, he had hits, he had lines and um, oh, yeah. uh, he will be remembered. We'll, we'll have a red solo company. kindly down in uh, Norman. All right. Welcome it, everybody. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to start on a bummer. Yeah, you kind of did. I know, but that's something that we couldn't sit on until 8 o'clock because I, uh, I knew you'd have but thoughts. maybe not at the beginning of the show. I knew you'd have yeah, thoughts. I don't think we start with that at the beginning of the show. I didn't want to go on a downer later because we have a... Uh, uh, we got you. Posit- yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a great day. Hey, Minus I, 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 I feel for you because also, as you heard there in the open last night, college basketball is crazy. So... Last night when K-State won in overtime against KU, I think that is the 26th time. Did I say 26th 26. time? Hello. Uh, in the last 31 days that an unranked team has beaten a top 10 team. Yeah. This is absolutely that's, nuts. That's crazy. Sounds like a fun tournament coming oh, is, up. Is it, is it as crazy as the fact that Jerome Tang is 11-0 and in overtime now? That is nuts. Like I mean, This has not been a banner year uh, for, for Kansas State basketball. And it's, I was telling Jimmy before it came on the air, it always seems like there's the, there's the Kansas when they're being maybe overlooked a little bit and they're playing a big game at Allen Fieldhouse that you can just go ahead and mark it down as a W for Kansas. But then if they have to follow that up and play in Manhattan, like within a week, probably going to lose as well. Both games went according to form, at least to me. Yeah. Saturday and they, surprise me they play the K-State. I saw I had to look immediately to the schedule and see when they play K-State and Lawrence, which I think is the second to last game of the regular season. They'll smoke Take them. Take them to cover. Kansas will, well, yeah. I don't even care what the line is. 
they'll they'll handle him. But eleven and zero in overtime for Jerome Tang. Eleven Tang. There's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. Now, You're not the only one. Also, uh, rub me the wrong way. Kevin McCuller, the free throw line last night was <laughs> one for five. Now he yeah. didn't shoot very well, and once again, KU and and everybody cuts down the rotation. Uh, but at some point, you're going to need a contribution here or there. KU just KU didn't play well. Uh, Bill Self said that at halftime. They were up two at the break, and they mm-hmm. hadn't really played well. And and listen, the end of regulation, that was that was not good basketball. But I don't know. There's something about Jerome Tang. Now, this is the first time he's won since he accused Iowa State of stealing signs. Yeah. And somebody on his staff, like, dog-cussed a, a manager who was cleaning up uh, perspiration on the floor. I just... Man. And then last night, they showed, uh, as K-State was going to win the game, there was a late timeout, and they showed that one assistant from K-State like motioning to the student section yeah. across the floor, yeah. not to rush the floor. Yeah, uh, They beat KU, they're rushing the floor. Nice try, assistant. Now, I, I don't want to discount K-State winning. Hey, that's good for it's Nebraska. Good. It is. It, yes. I, it was the first thing I was thinking of last uh, night. The other thing. Like, hey, this actually works out well. Thank you, Kansas and, State, for finally making that win look even better for Nebraska. NCAA, get your stuff together this morning. I've been refreshing numerous times on the uh, the net rankings, and they have not been updated. So Nebraska could possibly have uh, four quad one wins after what K-State did yep. last night. But K-State needed that win in a desperate way. Now, K-State's not in the NCAA tournament. they got a lot of work to do. But I... Man... Jerome Tang just, first of all, he has every five foot ten guard in America, it seems like, <laughs> that plays for him. But I, I can't put my finger on it, boys, of why there's just something about him. And that, that motion last night, and he goes up in the stands with... Yeah, immediately, I, yeah. Just like he did last year, too. Well, last year he was on the microphone, if I remember correctly. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's... Well, he didn't want them to say bad words, and they did anyway. So I, I, I kind of thought the same thing of... Really? Like, okay, so you, you did it last year, which is cool. I mean, it, it, you're, you got this great season going on your first season. I mean, everybody is everybody was really drinking the Jerome Tang Kool-Aid, and it was it was like a cool thing to, to see what Kansas State was doing. Or the Tang, there you go. And so you beat your, your arch rival. You do it in Manhattan where they're going to you know praise you up and down. And so that was cool. To have that moment again last night and to essentially do the same thing, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm yeah, all, I, I like I like when I coaches was, have fun. I, I, I like it. I do too. too. I, I thought it was like okay, you won. You've Go already celebrate. done it, and I think when you do that for a second time, it's kind of the whole act like you've been there type of thing. Actually, you said it. They're not in the NCAA tournament right now, so that was their tournament victory. That's why they're celebrating. Said as a good KU man. Okay. <laughs> just just <laughs> spouting you, fact. You, you beat you beat KU. They were going to. You know, make sure that KU got off the floor. Uh, you know, they made up for an incident a few years back. Yeah. Go ahead and storm the floor. I just thought that was a little much. I don't know. Maybe it's because I, I like KU, and I'm not a huge fan of K-State, that it was almost like, oh, we're going to do that to show KU. And then, so at at uh, at Manhattan, both the, the visiting and the home mm-hmm. team go up the same tunnel. They mm-hmm. go up the ramp. And the visiting team goes right. The home team goes straight up the the ramp. They had a little incident between the coaching staffs. Not the head coaches, but the coaching staffs were getting after them. Oh, I didn't see that part of it. No, okay. Yeah, I I don't know. Again, go K-State. Go get as many victories as you can. Yeah. But I didn't like that last night. I I just... I, I, I... 
I don't know. I think when Jerome Tang falls in Manhattan, he falls pretty harshly. I think that falls with a thud. He won't be there next year. I mean, he'll be very popular. He's a, he's a guy somewhere. that's got some recruiting savvy. Uh, he, he is very attractive in the portal. He's got two, wins, two wins against Last Kansas year, they had now. an incredible run. Mm-hmm. I was all on the Tang bandwagon. Yeah. This year, after what he did at Iowa State, and then he pulled the trick of uh, just crushing the officials the next game at Houston, I'm like, nah, you know what, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good on Jerome Tang. And then last night did not help either. But I said, the assistant just standing there, no, 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 yeah. don't storm the floor. They got a great student section. Mm-hmm. And how, especially the way the season has gone. And anytime you play Kansas, first of all, you know, unless K State is ranked higher than Kansas, I was trying to remember because I remember the, the, the 08, the Beasley team. I was telling Jimmy about this. I remember that team beat Kansas in Manhattan, and then Kansas returned the favor right before the end of the regular season. How'd that, that season end? That K-State, yeah, national championship Just for Kansas. That Trying to remember. That K-State team was probably <laughs> ranked pretty high. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Oh, that. it's true. It's short-term memory. It's Actually, it's long-term. Hey, they're, they're, one thing about both of those teams, they hate each other. Yes. Yeah. I always think, there's, I always think there's going to be a brawl breakout on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, and one time there did. There was. Oh, yeah. But to me, you're, if you're K-State... Whether you're you're ranked in the top twenty five, which obviously they're not, or unless you're maybe ranked ahead of Kansas at home, you're of course you're going to storm. I mean, that's this is a K State program that has constantly been looking up to the KU basketball program for for decades. So, yeah, to try to stop that, but then also again, my whole problem with it was Jerome Tang just you know, hammered it up once again, basically a carbon copy of a year ago where. It's cool the first year, the second year you're doing it. It's like Lisa kept his shirt okay. on. Yeah, no, that's true. Can't say that for Musselman, but yeah, it. The game itself, though, yeah, not a great game last night. Um, I mean, if, if you're a K State fan, you're going to take the win, but yeah, like especially down the like the last five minutes of that game was extremely sloppy in regulation. Uh, watching Kaluma, the the highs and lows of of having Arthur Kaluma, which we've seen at Creighton as well. Yeah, it's that was just it was a weird game, but again for Kansas. Also, kind of goes back to what we've talked about. Do you have five legitimate starters? Like we, I, I was getting on the Johnny Furphy uh, bandwagon, but he looked. You're off now. He he just he, again got to remember he's a young kid, 17 years old, freshman in a environment like that. It was a, it looked a little bit overwhelming for him. Everyone else who'd been pretty much used to that were fine. Even Hunter Dickinson though was. I don't know, not great there towards yeah. the end as well. Yeah, KU didn't play. Well, McCuller wasn't very good. No, he and was. It, yeah. McCuller on Saturday against Houston was great. Mm-hmm. When you're 6 of 18 for the floor, and but most importantly, you're 1 for 5 from the free throw line. Yeah. KU didn't deserve to win that game. No. And they messed with their food, and they got beat. So K-State, keep winning. Uh, you know, if you make the tournament, great. If not, you know, just just keep winning. But because you happen to, yeah, Yeah, help the uh, local team. And NCAA, while you're at it, please update your net <laughs> rankings here. Wake up. Why have they not? There weren't many games last night. No. Yeah, Eastern time. It's after I mean, 7 o'clock. Here, all I need Miami to, scored 38 points yeah, last all night. All I need to know is that uh, Miami couldn't put the ball in the bucket. Okay, <laughs> and Virginia's won seven in a row. Yeah. I couldn't. That was the most Virginia last, win ever. I couldn't last a whole year watching Virginia play. No. They, they win. I get that. God, it is. Tony Bennett, good pack dude, line defense, man. That pack line defense. It is just so slow. It is. And it's just like, it's like the Cobra squeezing the heck out of the opposing team. Yeah. I mean, Miami couldn't throw in the ocean last night. It just... They they weren't even close to making a shot. Thirty eight points mm-hmm. in an entire game. Yeah. I guess if you're a K State fan though, and you live in Kansas City, you've had a uh, nice little run here. Yeah, Kansas. 
So yesterday, the news that uh, Bobby Witt Jr. signed a 14-year, mm-hmm. 14-year, $377.7 million uh, contract. Congrats, Ironically, Connor. when we were walking out of the studio, yeah. uh, I said to Connor, <laughs> I, won't tell you, I won't tell you how I knew, um, but I said his contract starts at 20 mil. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh-oh. Well, great for the Royals, great for their fans. But think about like Kansas City. So last night, you have the Super Bowl media night. You have the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. If you're a K-State fan, you got K-State, K-State beat KU. You also have Bobby Witt Jr. is sticking around. The day before, you get six matches at Arrowhead in the World Cup. Like, the city of Kansas City sports-wise, and and you might be getting maybe a you're new... Gonna, maybe you're getting hockey. You're going to get a new Royals stadium and, and a refurbished Arrowhead. This is like the golden era of sports in Kansas City right now. Are they, did they? Uh, is it today when they're going to be uh, disclosing the more information on the baseball stadium? I don't know who who thinks that the announcement yesterday is like a little. Uh, hey, we'll push the uh, stadium thing off. Yeah, it's like ah, you guys want your franchise player? Well, we delivered. So we're keeping we Bobby. Can, we can kick kick this can down the road just a little bit. Yeah, good for the Royals uh, and good for their fan base because they're keeping a star which normally yeah. they don't, um, and they actually are spending good money. Like, Salvi's contract was four years, 82 mil, and it's one of those you had to do. You did the Alex Gordon one. Not that you had to do it. They hit Alex at the right time with that contract. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Gil Mesh and Ian Kennedy, ah, nice. big deals that they gave out kind of sting a little bit because Salvi, Alex Gordon, Mesh, and Kennedy, those four were $279 million. Just to show you the commitment, and why not? He's a five-tool player. Yeah. He's he's like on the projection of Mike Trout numbers yep. he's good. right now. Is you spent two hundred and eighty eight million on Bobby Witt Jr. and you got seven years of club control. It makes me um, it's kind of a kick in the nads to me, but also <laughs> it keeps me a little bit optimistic that major league organizations like Kansas City. And like Cleveland, still do have the ability to identify a prospect early in his career and project out and and pay them accordingly. And I know that the the thirty for thirty or the thirty and thirty part of Bobby Wood Jr. and you put in that rare company of guys that have accomplished that in two years into their career. I mean, you mentioned Mike Trout, and there's others that you're going to go ahead and look at that and project them out and say, hey, this guy's going to be a star. We don't need any more years to prove that, and we're going to go ahead and pay him accordingly. Like To me, I still I still just it, I, I agonize over, I wish Cleveland could have identified that with a Francisco Lindor. Uh, you know, some, of the, some of the young talent that they had right there and continued to have those guys having to answer what their future was going to be like year after year after year because Cleveland never – was financially uh, investing into those guys, at least to the tune that they knew that they were secure and their future was secure there in Cleveland. And it's a very similar, as far as the organization, the way it spends money, it's very similar. So when I, I see something like that yesterday, which is not a typical Kansas City Royal thing, it does hurt a little bit because I wish my organization would have done that too, but it also gives me hope that, hey, they're, see? Yeah. People can they can spend like big boys. They can play big boy business, even when they're more of a modest spending 
organization yeah, I, and a market like I that. think it was a great day for baseball. Uh, you know, Connor Happer, who is the uh, diehard Royals fan on the station, I mean, he celebrated, and he should. I mean, all Royals fans should shell- celebrate, but baseball should also celebrate. Kind of your point, Nick, about small markets. Look at this. So you have a 23-year-old five-tool player who has done something that nobody else has done in his first two years in the majors, and that is 50-plus home runs, 75-plus stolen bases, and they rewarded him with a contract. Now, the clock is now ticking in Kansas City after his 10 a.m. press conference this morning because of his opt-out deadline, which Mm -hmm. is seven years down the road, to do whatever the Royals can do. But also, look at the Diamondbacks have committed to Corbin Carroll. The Mariners have committed to Julio Rodriguez. You know that the Orioles will commit to one of their top prospects. I think it was a great day for baseball yesterday uh, to have have markets that have owners that want to spend money. Now, you can identify. I think the yeah. Indians identified that Lindor was a dude. Yeah. It's just you have to cross the barrier yeah. of spending money. And yesterday, when you're trying to ask a community to help you out with a baseball stadium, brand, a brand-new baseball stadium, and you have a cornerstone piece, which... Look at look at the run of World Series teams. Mm-hmm. They've all had like a young shortstop from a 22-year-old Correa to a Corey Seager this past year. Yep. Young guys that are the core, that are the franchise guys that also ironically play shortstop. I think I think it's a great day all around. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about it because I, I think there's 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 a lot more in there. But celebrate it and 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 whether you're a Cleveland fan, Cubs fan, Bellinger, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it you you celebrate because I think it's a good day for baseball. They have Bobby Witt Jr. sign a deal like that and stay in a community like Kansas City. When so many other guys, the Johnny Damons of the world, the young prospects coming up, Beltran, they just let walk out the door. Yeah, and that's why it's so easy, I think, for a fan base that maybe feels like they've been burned before. Or maybe you're just a skeptic naturally going off of the history of the way you've spent when it comes to your you know, high-end prospects. That when you finally pull the trigger and you finally have that foresight to go ahead and invest into that player that it's easy to kind of be reinvigorated because you're right now with that seven-year opt-out you have that opportunity to see what okay great you did this now what are you going to do around them and and I, I think even with modest spending markets like Kansas City like Cleveland and other ones that are able to identify that and then once they can start to build that together and as a fan you start to watch that maybe come by piece by piece by piece that that just naturally ignites a fan base even if like the first couple of years it's not the same result that you are hoping for but you see you're getting closer and closer like that is that's an exciting time especially for the the, the organizations that financially can't sustain that because they're not going to go all willy-nilly and on free agency and they're going to you know just throw all kinds of money at it because they can't they they just don't do that when you finally identify that person and now you start to see okay we understand now you got the guy how are you going to build it around? That's an exciting time for those organizations. All right, Jimmy, hit the breaking news sounder. The NCAA has updated their net ranking. Let's go. Right, so Creighton doesn't go anywhere. They're still uh, 16 with a game at Providence uh, tomorrow night. By the way, if you're wondering, uh, Providence net is, they've uh, improved. They are up one spot. They are 58. So Nebraska is still 52. But the question was, after Kansas State won last night, what the, what would that do to uh, EMAW? Yeah. Uh, K-State has not moved up close. much. They are up to 79. So Nebraska does not get credit for a quad one win yet. They moved up four spots. So they're three and four in the uh, quad one. So keep winning, Kansas State. But mm-hmm. I looked at Kansas State's schedule here in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Welcome to the Big 12. <laughs> 
Big 12's tough, man. Well, KU's now 1-4 and four in the conference on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1-12 was separated by two games. But, that hey, that Bill Snyder-Tom Osborne partnership's going to come through here. They'll help them. With the teammates? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a historical season that's going on in Lincoln, Nebraska, (laughs) one in a place that KU couldn't. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, take that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Greater than Bill Self. The octagon of doom. Seven-game series, Nebraska beats KU. Rink mass, better than Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Put it on the board. KU doesn't have a case. They do not. What's 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 the closest person that KU has to Casey Tomanaga. Furphy, or maybe? Or as uh, Brad Underwood calls him, Casey. Casey. Ah, <laughs> uh, ooh. Yeah, maybe Furphy? Like, I'm not... I'm not... Looking maybe he's going to I'm not looking at Kevin McCullers more. saying, okay, he's just going to all of a sudden go on a, a tear beyond the arc. All right, let's play another. Does KU have a palms up guy? Mm, no. I, 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 can't, I can't say that I've noticed that. Um, so they got some work to do. I mean, KJ Adams was a little—he was a little perturbed on a couple calls yesterday, but uh, just I wouldn't—I wouldn't consider him palms up guy. No, yeah. no. Let's just let's just uh, agree that they're two different teams. All right, coming up in about an hour, <laughs> uh, Sam McEwen will stop by. People, people are discussing now. Are KU and Nebraska the same team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ro- line of brought to you by the referees at uh, we gotta, John Higgins uh, weather guy. Tease that out of him. Kip Kissinger looked pretty good last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jay Billis likes him some Kip Kissinger, especially yeah. when Kip has to explain the call into the microphone. Yep, right in there. Man, that's the last thing. That, confirmed. That's the last thing that Kip wants to do is speak into that damn thing. <laughs> uh, the lineup brought to you by the referees of John Higgins, weather guard. Uh, Sam McEwen coming up at uh, 730, and then a little bit later, uh, Brian Christofferson. Uh, an email into the Equitable Bank inbox where they take banking personally. Uh, Gary at 1620thezone.com. Hanley, 1620thezone.com. Uh, this is from KG. says, back in the day, uh, let's talk about Mo Iba. Very painful to watch. How did Mo Iba enter the conversation this early in the show? Uh, used to listen on KFAB. More painful to watch. It dragged. Oh, because of um, Virginia. Oh, Tony Virginia. Bennett. Yeah. Talk about style the pack, the pack line. Uh, KG is also a Royals fan. Gotta love it. Yeah. All right. How many how many wins will it take to win the AL Central? Because Nick. So so <laughs> FanDuel has. I looked at the NL Central last night. Uh, Cubs and the Cards are eighty-four and a half. Oh, just think about it. it only takes eighty-five wins to w- to win a division. We're looking at eighty-five wins to win the AL Central. Very well, could be. Don't feel very uh, optimistic that Cleveland is going to be a part of that. Uh, Royals, oh, might, yeah, no Tito. Even though the Royals spent one hundred nine million in the offseason, and they've got some intriguing pieces. What I think they did. What I think the most important thing the Royals did in the offseason. They got rid of some bad players. Yeah. Um. Michael Walker is a good pickup. We'll see, you know, like Will Smith will be a nice addition in the back end of the bullpen. Uh, and then Seth Lugo. But it's not like a dominating staff. And I think Cole Reagans will come back down to earth. I would think going in, though, that the Royals still are probably, and the Guardians probably third in that division. Yeah. Going into the season behind the Twins and the much-improved Detroit Tigers. Mm-hmm. But it's there for the taking for the Royals. Oh, yeah, Detroit out of Benetti. Yeah, they big acquisition. Well, and, and I can say Cleveland, with the lack of activity here in the offseason when it came to bolstering their offense, uh, you can only get so much out of... You mean you, you don't mind an outfield that has combined for 18 home yeah. runs coming into this season? It's, it's awful. It's absolutely awful. Yeah, but you got a good front three. 
Well, you can look at your pitching staff as well and, and continue to go down that model. Man, you but, sound like me. Uh, no, it's just I. Th- this is this embrace is, your uh, this is your the, front line guys. When you get but when you get cheap, Gary, this is the thing. When you get cheap and you don't, and this has always been a Cleveland thing for so long, is that they continue to. They develop, and I think they do as good of a job as anybody when it comes to what they've done from the standpoint of identifying young arms, being able to develop them through the minor league system, and then have them ready. But when it comes to actually adding offensive pop, other than 2017, when they actually knew that their window was open and they saw that they had guys there that were going to be able to, on top of what was already a decent offense, be able to help them. It's just, it's almost been laughable as far as how they, I mean, like you tell me like Josh Naylor is a guy that I can, I can just sit back and say, oh my gosh, he's going to be, you know, racking up 50 home runs. Or, I mean, obviously Hosey is a guy that I will love to the day I die. But when you look at what they've not done in the outfield, like, I mean, I, I yearn for the days of Michael Brantley and I mean, hell, most of the time he wasn't like even, him. he wasn't even healthy. So, you know, Stephen Kwan is a, is a good athlete. But is he someone that you're, you know, just going to absolutely set the table? Like, there's just there's a lot of things about. No, like, I don't. You're you're completely overlooking your uh, first three starters. Who even has? Oh, are you talking about pitching? Yes, that's the only thing I'd talk about. But the Guardians. Well, yeah, talking about any bats. No, I, I, that's Except what I mean. Baseman, but I love. I just it's such it's such a frustrating thing when they have. Yeah, Bobby, you got Bobby Williams and Allen. That's a good. That's a good three. Would you put him up against the Royals' top three? Hey, I like Tanner Bibby. I'm a Tanner Bibby fan. Tanner Bibby is your ace. Yeah. Bibby, Williams, and Allen. That's a good starting three as long as they stay healthy. But you put them what, up against uh, how many, how Singer, Waka, and Reagans. How many two? How many two to nothing? Two one games can they survive? Remember what win? division you're playing in? Though? I know. You're not, you're not. You're not. You're not taking on the AL East every day. You're no. playing in the AL Central. Where, Tell us, you know what? Where the Tigers? So the Tigers, I think. They have loaded up. Um, I like Riley Green, but this is like go time for Riley Green. And then and then the Royals. So I think that's going to be a, a battle at the top. Here's the thing that's, help, that's helped like the Royals and the Guardians and the Tigers in that division is the Twins TV situation is a mess. Mm-hmm. So the Twins can't bring back Sonny Gray. They have to trade Polanco away. Now they were going to do that uh, probably no matter what. But they haven't been able to spend in the offseason because they have no idea what their TV money is. And so they're banking on Byron Buxton playing 100 games in the outfield. But, and also Carlos Correa bouncing back. So you could have Correa, Buxton, and then don't forget, if he stays healthy, if, 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 Royce Lewis is a dude. Royce Lewis is Minnesota's Bobby Witt Jr. Royce Lewis is is impressive. There's, There's no question. And everything about... Minnesota, where it seems like again, if I'm if I'm just kind of looking at the central, the trajectory level of those teams, and you know the Twins obviously very well too. We saw what they did in the postseason. You have young stars like a Royce Lewis, but when that trajectory is up, and I start to look at what I even think Kansas City did yesterday was a pretty strong signal of what they are willing to do. You mentioned Detroit as well. Maybe the biggest disappointment, I would say, with the way that they have shown, I wouldn't say all the time, but have shown that they can spend, and some of the guys they put in is the Chicago White Sox organization. Who? So, exactly. So it could be worse, I guess, if, if I'm a Cleveland fan right now, but I, I still think that that division has a chance to be a little bit more top-heavy than what I think it's been in the past, to where if you are sitting there 
say third, you're probably maybe a distant third all of a sudden. I don't know. I, I feel like there are just the way teams are doing business right now in the central. I feel like you're starting to see some separation. Like again, the Cleveland model has been able to keep them competitive and we'll see what vote brings now as a, as a new voice in that clubhouse, because that's the other thing about Cleveland without Tito is that new leadership is going to be very interesting. But again, when you look at being based on strong rotation and putting so much reliance on that and not that much in on what you can do offensively, I think it's going to be tough to keep up in that, in that division. I honestly think this division has a chance to really get itself away. Even if you do have a solid three, even, even if you can go four deep in your rotation, which by the way, I did see that this actually warmed my heart. You think somebody's going to run away with the American league central? I could see that. I could see the twins 88 games. I could see the twins doing it. But uh, I, this this warmed my heart too. Speaking of Cleveland, that Carlos Carrasco is back in a Cleveland uniform on a minor league deal. I was very happy about that one. Yeah, I, it wouldn't shock me. I, I think I think that the Twins offensively now kind of the opposite problem maybe with uh, on the bull or not the bullpen, but on the rotation side where Cleveland strong is maybe not the same type of depth from a pitching standpoint, but a lot more offensive pop than what Cleveland has. I don't know. I just... So the, I, total, I, I, so the total for the Twins is 86 and a half. Okay. Well, so 87 wins win in that division. Ooh, uh, thought, the Tigers are at 81. Guardians are at 78. The Royals are at 74, essentially. It's, it's tough to go from how many games the Royals lost to all of a sudden make that up to, like, get to 500. Mm-hmm. So that sounds about right. The White Sox total is the... Th- Third lowest in baseball. Wow. At 63 and a half. That is crazy. I mean, what was it in 2020? So when we when we had the COVID year, they were in the playoffs and it felt like they were just getting started. Like that organization had finally had some young guys in there. You had pieces in place and all of a sudden that that was going to sort of take off the way that they kind of put together that roster. And yeah, yeah I mean, it's feels like it was like a like 10 years ago and it wasn't that long ago now they are yep all right uh this is a good little hot stove league uh, talk because uh, a lot of places today is truck day hmm? truck day. i know what you mean oh oh yeah everybody's got the, the the truck loaded up and ready to rock and roll out to arizona and florida it's a, it's a pretty cool moment when yeah. you are involved in baseball when the truck shows up and it's the start of the season you feel warmer inside yeah and then the next thing that comes is the uh, car carrier so all of these, uh, you know, like, like, I'll give you just a little insight. Like the twins, if you live in Minnesota, uh, you you know when the truck day is, and I think the twins truck day is actually tomorrow. Uh, you you take like baby strollers, car seats, that kind of stuff. You take it down to Target Field, and so that makes it on. Or you know, like all the toys the for your kids. Uh, no, oh no, they haven't put golf clubs. I I didn't see a lot of golf clubs on the on the yeah, truck okay. when I was working for them. Uh, you take it down to Target Field, and then they will haul your car down. So oh, they wow. have they have uh, car haulers, nice. and they will drive from Minnesota down to Fort Myers. But if you do not live in Minnesota, but you would like your car in Fort Myers, if you meet them along the way, they'll pick up your car. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you're okay. You're going to be in so Sandusky, now, now, Ohio. So then, when spring training is over, that's like one of the sad days because the truck shows up. It's the end of spring training. You know, Time get to work. To, and so they load the truck back up, but 
sometimes instead of loading cars back onto the hauler that will drive back to Minneapolis, they will pay uh, people to drive their cars like to their home. If they're not, you know, they don't want, they already have a car in Minneapolis. They don't need that car. They're going to rent a car for six months or whatever. So they'll pay you to uh, drive your car. I, uh, who handles that job? Who communicates with that? Uh, when I was a, uh, when I I was was a senior in high school, I uh, drove uh, Ron Darling's car back from Port St. Lucie to New York city. Really? Yeah. My dad got me the gig. What were you like just sitting there like white knuckling? $750 in cash. What kind of car? It was a convoy. What kind of car was it? Uh, it was a Benz. I bet that was yeah. a flex when you got back to your friends and like. Oh no! I was, so how long I would how long so of a how long of a drive was, was that? Uh, we did it. We did. We split it up. Uh, was it thirteen hours? Wow. Well, no, it was one way. So it was like thirteen, and then another eight. Oh, I would. Yeah, I, so I would add were, two hands. Like, on there were like seven of us that were in like a little convoy <laughs> going up ninety five. I would add two hands on the wheel the entire time. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. I was so afraid, though. Yeah, I would have been. I got to sign all these documents in case I got into an accident or the car got stolen. And seven hundred fifty dollars in cash. Dude, as, I was as, a, as a senior. I was a senior in high school. Oh my gosh, you were rich. Yeah. That's and awesome. Dropped it off at, uh, dropped it off at the ballpark, and then uh, I got a, uh, a relative of mine took me to the airport, and I flew back to uh, Des Moines. And were you just like, <sighs> yeah, you're on the plane, just like, oh, we yeah. Made it. Everything's good. Uh, There's no nicks on I the car. I probably did not enjoy it I'll until I got Coke. home because yeah. I was so afraid that I was going to get carjacked or something was going to happen. Yeah. Lock it. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really, take really the CD cool. player out of the car. Wait. That's I just want to know, is that like the assistant of the traveling secretary, like George Costanza, that has to organize all that and get the the cars uh, loaded up on the hauler? Because that's I didn't know that about I mean, that's really cool, and it makes sense that they would do that, but that's really cool. Like that, but that's that seems like there'd be a lot of planning, especially if your car is not actually on site and it has to be picked up along the way. Oh yeah, there's a lot of like behind the scenes stuff. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's a what are they in spring training now for like seven weeks? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. will not need to drive around Kansas City. He'll just have somebody that will drive him around. Uh, All right. Uh, When we come back uh, yesterday, big day in Kansas City. uh, A guy who ruined my heart in Kansas City. Uh, retired from the NFL. Rex Burkhead kind of was oh. looking to catch on in 23, didn't happen, and so he announced his retirement uh, yesterday. So we're going to uh, place where Rex Burkhead is. Sam McEwen's coming up uh, a little bit later tomorrow is the uh, late signing day. Uh, Nebraska could have one scholarship guy and, and another technically a preferred walk-on uh, that could commit to uh, Nebraska. So we'll get into that with uh, Sammy Mack again. Kansas State did not help Nebraska out yesterday. Only moving up four spots to 79 in the net. Nebraska stays at 52 ahead of their game against uh, Northwestern. Be better, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Yep. If that game it was in Lawrence, it would be a different story. And I mean, they won in Lawrence. Went by 20. I've actually been there when they won in Lawrence. One time. Hmm. I didn't know that ever happened. Jim Woolridge, of course. Oh, okay. Jim Woolridge. Wow. Neck brace and all. Wow. Yeah. I thought you'd go Tom Asbury on me. Oh, no. Although I think he did win there, too. They did have a stretch of coaches where you went, hmm? And then they had Huggy, and then they had Frank Martin. You're like, hey, yep. they're back. Yep. And then comes Bruce Weber. And, yeah. And then we transitioned to Jerome Tang. Mm-hmm. All right, 42 uh, past the hour, off and running on mornings with Sharp and Handley and Jimmy at 1620 The Zone.